This is the Wait For It Podcast. What is up, Wait For It squad? Welcome back to the Wait For It podcast. I'm your co-host, Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, here with my edition of a solo episode. It is my turn to go this week, and I'm not lazy like Eric, and I'm doing an actual new episode with new content. Instead of putting together a compilation episode like we're on Friends or some kind of sitcom. Uh, but yeah, thanks for uh, joining us here, guys, uh, on the Wait For It podcast, and I'm here with my ongoing series where I cover either something uh, paranormal, uh, either something paranormal, extraterrestrial, or conspiracy theory related. And this week, because it is the beginning of Spooktober, that is right, ladies and gentlemen, we have made it to the best month of the year. October 1st is when I'm recording this. Of course, this will drop tomorrow on October 2nd. But because it is spooky month, uh, I'm doing a paranormal subject and one that I think you guys will really, really enjoy. Um, if you hear the mic kind of go in and out intermittently and go silent, it's because I'm, I have a little bit of a cold, so I'll be muting the mic. That way I'm just not sniffling throughout the entire episode. Just like that. That's what it will sound like. So there's nothing wrong with you or your headphones or wherever you're listening to this. I'm just trying to make sure that this isn't totally unbearable. Um, but yeah, guys, before I get started, want to make sure that you are f- checking out all of our content on Spotify, iTunes, or Anchor. And if you really want to support the podcast, if you go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, that is one of the best ways you can actually support the podcast. It goes a very long way to uh, uh, to, uh, to help us get some recognition, and hopefully end up on those charts. And also make sure you're following us on all of our social media, Facebook at Wait For It Podcast, Instagram, Wait For It Podcast, as well as Twitter at Wait For It Pod. We love interacting with you guys, and we really appreciate all the support that you've given us so far. We also have t-shirts. If you're interested in a t-shirt, DM us on one of those social media sites and we'll find a way to get it out to you. Yeah. So we really appreciate that guys. So listen, as I mentioned before, I have a really, really cool topic that I want to talk to you guys here about one of my favorite haunted places in America. And I'm hoping that I can make my way out there in the very, very near future. So tonight guys, as part of the Amity Phil Horror, we will be talking about Eastern State Penitentiary. (laughs) So, Eastern State Penitentiary, what is it? It is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was opened from 1829 to 1971, and it was the world's first true penitentiary so pretty much essentially with what they were doing here is they had a they they had they essentially wanted to try and always isolate the inmates so they essentially wanted you to experience penitence (laughs) um hence the name penitentiary um at one point i've actually found this very very interesting it was actually the second most popular tourist attraction in the country only behind at Niagara Falls like a prison and, and that's because this this building was at its time was 
was way ahead of its time, for lack of a better term. It had running uh, had running water and central heat even before the White House did. Um, so, as I mentioned, it you know it's it was designed to inspire penitence or true regret in the hearts of the prisoners. So, like I said, these guys were in isolation all the time. They were only, they were literally in their cells for all the entire day, other than for so for except for one hour. And even when they were taken out of their cells, bags were put over their heads so that they couldn't see their surroundings or interact with other inmates. Um, some of the uh, most famous. Some of the most famous inmates that came through Eastern State Penitentiary, um, the famous gangster Al Capone, he actually spent eight months there, um, but his cell was in what was called the Park Avenue block, and he actually had um, like really nice furniture, oriental rugs, a radio, um, a lamp, which was a big deal, um, even though it was a low-glowing lamp, it was a big deal because there, every everything there was. You were pretty much in darkness almost the entire time. There was only one little kind of like slip in the roof uh, where any kind of sunlight got through, and that's the only time these inmates ever saw sunlight. Um, and I'll get to more on Al Capone here shortly. Actually, um, another inmate that I thought was really interesting is named Leo Callahan, and the reason that he is he is interesting is because not necessarily because he was a big time criminal. He was in for assault and battery with intent to kill, but he is actually the only inmate never to be caught after he escaped. So he, they, he and five other inmates escaped using a makeshift ladder and they were actually all caught except for him. He is actually still at large today, although he would be about somewhere around 110 years old. I, I hope he's still out there uh, enjoying his life. And I hope if, if he's not, he went out there and, and made the most of it after his escape from ESP um, is what I'll call it for, for short here going forward. But yeah, the only guy to ever be, uh, to never be, be caught after an escape um and then one of the most famous inmates that was ever there um his name uh william francis sutton aka slick willie who is actually one of the most famous bank robbers in u.s history he's been certified credited with over 50 bank robberies and guys this is just an incredible story that i looked into so he and 11 other inmates actually dug a tunnel that went almost 100 feet underground they used spoons and flattened cans as shovels and picks to dig a 31 inch opening through the wall and then digging another 12 feet straight down into the ground and another 100 feet beyond the walls of the prison um (laughs) now they did all of this work all right so I can't even imagine how much just time and effort it took having to be sneaky, just, you know, the planning that went into this thing. And it's, it's incredible guys. I really implore you to look, to kind of look into it a little bit as well, as far as the kind of manpower and, and dedication and timing and that they put into this thing. So they do all this work, right? (laughs) They, they execute this, this plan, they escape and Sutton, was caught after about three minutes. <laughs> so he was outside. He was outside of the wall. And there's actually a quote where he was telling, talking about the escape. And I, he ran into two police officers and he said that they kind of looked like a little like dumbfounded. They're like, what the fuck is going on <laughs> until they realized what was happening. And uh, then, you know, they gave chase and within a few minutes he was back in jail. <laughs> so all that time, 
just to get put back in. Uh, by the end of the day, actually half the escapees were returned to ESP and the rest were caught within the next few months. Um, but still, I thought that was a pretty, pretty funny story. Uh, the point of the, the moral of that story, kids, is don't ever do anything uh, that's, that, that takes a lot of time. You know, just take the short route. Um, <laughs> if my daughter's listening to this, that's not true. Please don't, please don't follow that advice. Um, but yeah, so um, as I mentioned before, the prisoners were locked in their cells all but one hour a day. A black hood would be placed over their heads so that they would not see any other prisoners. Um, the the uh, the slit in the prison ceiling that I mentioned before was referred to as the eye of God. Actually, a lot of the excuse me, a lot of the architecture that is in the building was meant to kind of symbolize like a church um, to kind of make, you know, like I said, they really wanted these inmates to, to think about what they did. Like they were being punished by God, essentially. Um, there are some really, really just dark methods of torture that were used inside these prison walls. And these things are actually some of what led to it being finally shut down. Um, I wrote down a couple of them. One of them was called the water bath. Now inmates were actually dunked in a bath of cold water and then hung from a wall for the night. Um, This was actually a really popular form of torture during during the uh, during winter, um, and inmates would actually form a, like a layer of ice on their skin by the, by the morning time. So this was a really popular one. Um, there's also just this one is just really kind of kind of gruesome. It's called the iron gag. Um, what it is is it's it's an iron collar that was clamped onto the tongue of inmates and then chained to their wrist, which were strapped high behind their back. So what would this would ha- what would happen is any kind of movement would result in the tearing of the tongue and severe bleeding. Um, now there is only, there is a, a, uh, a, a what's called the, a death ledger that, that just lists, you know, thousands of deaths in this prison that happened throughout its time. And of course it would, it would name uh, and, and list how the prisoners died. Now there are some reports saying that many prisoners died due to the iron gag, but there, then I also heard that there was actually only one instance of a, of a of an inmate actually dying because of the uh, because of the torture, and then there's also the hole, which is pretty it's pretty much what what it, what it sounds like. It's a pit under cell block 14 where the most incorrigible incorrigible inmates would stay locked. No light, little air. They would receive only water and a slice of bread a day, and that was only if they got to it before rats and roaches did. I watched a couple of videos online on on YouTube. Um, one was BuzzFeed. One was from another paranormal group um, called uh, um, uh, Hunting Port Purgatory, uh, where they caught some really, really interesting pieces of evidence that I'll get into here shortly, but, um, just, the this, these were just really tiny rooms and, you know, like I said, not really the, man, I just couldn't even imagine being in that small of a space. So, um, doesn't sound, even though, you know, it doesn't sound really too gruesome, but just the, a lot of inmates really just suffered once they left, once they left this place, suffered from a lot of mental issues after their stay or a lot of them during their stay. Um, Charles Dickens actually visited the prison in the 1840s and described the inmates as being, quote, buried alive. Um, Prior to to its reform in 1913, the prisoner held over 1,700 prisoners jammed into tiny makeshift cells. And keep in mind, guys, this prison was only meant 
to house 250 inmates. And at this point, there's sometimes they're stacking them two and three at a time. Um, like I said, over 1,700 at, at one point. So like they, they were just, they, they didn't care about, um, you know, comfort or anything like that. They were just trying to get as many of the inmates in there uh, at, at one time. Um, but yeah, guys, just uh, really, man, just a place that you did not want to end up uh, if you were, if you were in any kind of trouble whatsoever. So um, yeah, going to get into you know, some of the actual paranormal sightings here. Um, I'll talk about some specific, some specific occurrences and sightings. Um, one of them is one of the more compelling ghost stories. And this is from paranormalmilwaukee.com. Um, it originated from the prison that originated from the prison involves a locksmith named Gary Johnson, who was working in cell block, cell block four, trying to remove a lock from a cell during the restoration process in the process of doing so. He felt a presence there with him, watching him intensely and looked down the cell block to find no one there. Continuing on with his work, the feeling once again overcame him, um, but as he looked around once more, this time he saw a shadowy figure leap across the cell block. Um, another commonly reported occurrence is the sighting of a figure standing in one of the guard towers, and that, that really resonates with a residual haunt to me. Probably somebody that worked there, and he's just essentially you know, playing out his life over and over again until until the end of time. For those of you who are not familiar, a residual haunt is something like something that's like projected. It doesn't really know that you're there. It's not going to acknowledge you at all. It's just doing what it did when it was alive and it just does it over and over again. Um, many visitors at the prison have reported hearing sounds of footsteps down the long corridors um, and coming from inside of the cells. Cell block six shadows have been spotted moving against the walls by many of the staff during their rounds and in cell block four where Johnson had his encounter faces have even been seen inside the cells cell block 12 has the site has been the site of disembodied laughter when a quick check reveals that nobody has, is present in that area um, a particular spirit that has been seen by many um, he is there's one particular spirit I'm sorry that is said to uh, that has been to be seen in the older part of the prison uh, he is said to be a shadowy form that stands perfectly still sometimes completely unnoticed until approached at which point he, he dashes away one of the more notorious and controversial videos taken at the Eastern State Penitentiary is one that appeared on Ghost Hunters which was on sci-fi this is the original one um, when members of the of taps filmed what appeared to be a shadowy figure on the catwalk of cell block four and I remember I remember that after that episode very very well it was just i was trying to find it on youtube because i was hoping to try and link it on here but i can't seem to find it but it was a crazy piece of evidence and it's it's really cool so if you can track that down please please let me know guys i would love to see it um there's also a dog his name's pep who's been reported to be seen and heard throughout the prison pep was given free reign in life to go wherever he pleased and thus is spotted in many different locations so it's really not that surprising uh to to hear that uh, pep is seen all over the place since he had free reign when he was when he was around um but yeah as i mentioned voices and high-pitched laughs can be heard um, doors on the third floor of the cell of cell block 12 will routinely open by themselves um, as I mentioned before there is the death ledger um, that report that's uh, reported over you know thousands of deaths in the in the prison while it was open there was actually a one inmate that would that stabbed another inmate to death with a pair of scissors I don't know how the hell he got a pair of scissors uh, but someone 
someone probably lost their job that day. I guess I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. Uh, cell block 15, as mentioned, there's whisperings, uh, whispers and a running figure. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to see one of those shadows running right at me. That would be terrifying. Um, as I mentioned before, so Al Capone, Al Capone, um, was supposedly part of the St. Valentine's day massacre. And one of the men that was killed in said massacre was named Jimmy Clark. So Al Capone would actually routinely be heard screaming about a man named Jimmy asking him to leave him alone and to go away. Uh, so the, the thought is that maybe that Jimmy was, was tormenting Al Capone in the afterlife. Uh, even though he had all those great amenities, you still can't escape the ghost. So they don't give it. He didn't care about that whatsoever. Um, and one, uh, one, a show called Portals to Hell. It actually has Jack Osborne in it uh, from the Osborne family. It's uh, it's I'd never really heard of it before, but I watched a, a clip from them, and it looked looked pretty solid. I'm definitely going to check it out some more. I'm a, the witness said that he backed into what he thought was a wall, um, and then he heard somebody whisper to him, "Say, watch your back." And then when he turned around, he saw a face with two dark eyes on it. So that's just one of the experiences that, and this was told, this was an experience by a complete non-believer. So somebody that worked in the prison, but did not really, uh, was definitely a skeptic as far as paranormal activity. Um, and then in that show I mentioned before called Hunting Purgatory, they captured a really compelling piece of evidence where they were in the solitary confinement area and they were able to actually capture two shadows moving on the wall um, independently um, on the, on camera. So really, really cool evidence there as well. Um, but yeah, guys, those are just some of the stories for Eastern state penitentiary. Um, like I said, it's in Philadelphia. You can actually, you can actually tour it there. I believe they do a, uh, they do a Halloween tour and I'm trying to pull that up here right now. So if you ever actually want to go and visit it, they, it's called terror behind the walls. Um, I've seen a couple of different, it's a nighttime haunted house. I've seen a couple of things on Reddit, some were some were positive, some were uh, actually were were a little iffy on it. But if you you are able to go down and, and and check this place out, as I mentioned before, I really hope that I'm able to go see it in the future. And yeah, guys, that's Eastern State Penitentiary. You know, I just wanted to tell you guys about a cool a few cool ghost stories, and also you know shed some light on on the history of this place because it is. It is fascinating and it does bring to light, you know, even though a lot of these, even though we've made a lot of progress, um, unfortunately stuff, not, not maybe as sinister as this is still going on, but some pretty bad stuff is going on as far as in our prisons and things like that. But, but yeah, guys, so that's, that's my Amity Phil horror for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, if you like me to go into more depth with these in the future, please let me know. I kind of like to keep them short and sweet and just to see what you guys think. Um, but if you guys are enjoying these, these episodes for me, please, please let me know. Um, and, uh, I would love to talk to you guys who are also very interested in, in the paranormal and also, uh, you know, aliens and conspiracy theories, all that kind of stuff. I would love to hear from the community and, uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. So once again, before uh, before I get out of here, make sure that you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And then our all of our content is on Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. One of the best ways you can support the podcast is going on iTunes or Facebook and giving us a five-star review. We would really, really appreciate that. So, yeah, guys, happy Spooktober. Uh, we're going to do more of these fun episodes leading up to Halloween. We really, really appreciate it. You guys stay out of trouble. Because, you know, you would hate to wake up in the wrong place at the wrong time. 
I'm Phil the Filipino. Y'all have a good night. See you next time. This is the Wait For It Podcast. 